Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Keller Hodges, and I'm hoping you're having a great, great, great day. So, we are back for another pre-match preview. I think last one I did technically was a post-match reaction Dana pre-match preview, so we're back to kind of focusing on one thing, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it's been a long week since the Hartford match, and I know the boys are buzzing to be back at home. I know I sure am. And I want to start off the show, and I want to just go ahead and discuss, you know, kind of these next four matches. I've mentioned it before, but I want to continue to drive this point home. And it's the fact that our next four matches truly define our season. I've said numerous times now that it's a home playoff game or bust at this point. We need a home playoff game, or to me, this season's a failure. Unless, of course, we go on to win the Cup, you know, Orange County style, where we just go away from home the entire time and then just go on to win the Cup. Obviously, that in and of itself is not a failure. But it's so difficult to go on the road and win. And I believe, besides for Argentina... I, there's one country that has a higher one than us, but the U.S. has the biggest home field advantage in all of world football, world soccer. It's bigger here in the U.S. than anywhere else, just because fan traveling, how far players have to travel, the whole spiel, right? And so, therefore, it's really hard to go away for every single game and to win the U.S. Cup, the USL Cup. It's so hard to do. So, I this is why these next four games matter so much. Our first one against Atlanta United 2, I think all of us can agree that that one should have been a win. <laughs> we should have beaten them before. Instead, it was a 3-3 draw this last time. But now we're playing them again, and it needs to be three points. After that, it's a very, very good San Diego loyal team. That's the kind of place that we can afford to drop points, but we can't fully lose anymore since dropping points to Atlanta United and dropping points against FC Tulsa twice now. We just we can't afford to lose that match anymore. We have to at least pull a draw against Loyal. After that, we have Detroit City at home. And then we have Memphis 901 away. Both teams that we are scrapping it out with for home field advantage. These next four matches, these next 12 points, define our season. If we can get 10 points from these, specifically, we need, need, need wins over Detroit City and Memphis. Then we're looking at a, you know, driver's seat into home playoff game. If we don't beat, you know, Detroit City, Memphis, good luck. This could end up being a pretty bleak end of season. Obviously, anything happens. It's a long season. It's a long, long season. But we just made the path for ourselves even harder. So that's why these next four matches are so important. Three of them are at home. So go ahead, buy our tickets. Go ahead, get loud, be supportive, be there. Um, Memphis is not that far away, so go ahead and make the away day. Right now, I'm planning on it. We'll see how the bank account looks, you know. <laughs> but we'll see. 
But let's go ahead and talk about this Atlanta United 2 match and why this one is so interesting and it's not just another Legion versus MLS 2 team. So this matchup in of itself is a very interesting one. If you, like I've mentioned before, if you remember before, this is a match that Legion were up, I believe it was three, no, 2-0 in, and then they got went up 3-2 uh, going into the 90th-something minute, and then uh, Lane United scores, and it, they draw it level 3-3. What went from a very dominating win went to uh, an embarrassing draw. And there was some stuff going against Legion, and this was kind of the moment for me this match was the moment where I really started just understanding how much Marlon means this team. Marlon, uh, at halftime, got pulled off because, I mean, he was just sick as a dog. Uh, he passed the ball in to Enzo. Uh, the, it was at the beginning of the, uh, at the end of the first half. Wow, I, that one took a second to come out. I've been talking all week, if you can't tell. I've been teaching. <laughs> out in Jasper, and I've just been speaking and speaking. Words are just not coming out right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so there was a play by uh, by Eddie Horvat who passed it out to Marlon Santos out wide, and Marlon crosses the ball into Enzo, and Enzo misses. It was a brilliant opportunity, and Marlon just stays down, and he was just dry heaving right there on the pitch. And it didn't seem like it was just he. I don't know. He he came off at halftime just absolutely struggling. And it was just because he was so sick as a dog. But after that, this Legion team just looked different. And I feel like we've seen this a lot now where Marlon means more to this team than I think a lot of fans want to give him credit for. Then I think a lot of fans understand that he is giving credit for. A lot of people look at Anderson Asiadu. They look at Enzo Martinez. They look at Bruno Lapas, those kind of guys, and they're like, oh, those are the engines to our team. But Marlon is just is in that same exact conversation. I would say he's equally as influential as a guy like Enzo Martinez. I'm not, I don't think that's a hot take. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating that. I don't think at all. Looking at how this team plays with him on and off the pitch, Marlon is it's so important. And I don't know. This is just one of those matches that Legion are going to look back at it and no matter what happens are going to be kicking themselves for not getting all three points. With the Traeger goal that happened uh the, there were a couple times that the Traeger goal was the second goal for Atlanta United 2, and Traeger is one of those cats who is just, he is the real deal. He has six goals, same with uh, Tywa Jackson-Conway. But Tristan Traeger is different. He is fast. He is physical. He is really intelligent for being as young as he is. And the first time he... He got a one-on-one against uh, Trevor Spangenberg. Trevor read him like a book and went down, collected the ball, um, and just and you know completely outplayed uh, Tristan Traeger. After that, the goal of the seven, uh, 67 minute, uh, it was another one-on-one without another player within 
really five, ten yards of Tristan Traeger. And Trevor Spangenberg had to make a decision whether to stand tall and possibly allow uh, allow Traeger to to just shoot the ball around him or sit, sit back on his line, allow Traeger to pick a spot or go out to try to collect it and force Tristan Traeger to either go around him or just kick it right into him again, which he did just earlier in that match. And Traeger made the adjustment, dribbled around Spangenberg. And I saw some people blaming Spangenberg on that one, but it just wasn't his fault. And plays like that, you could really tell, sucked the life out of uh, Traeger. Or uh, not Traeger, but out of the Legion team. And then later on, uh, Nicholas Firmino just wins another header. These are This is a Lane United team who got two headed goals. And it was... <laughs> Man, it it was demoralizing to watch. But then I did a little bit more research. I decided to dive into the numbers a little bit. Atlanta, too, have scored more headed goals than anybody else in the USL this season, despite playing some really good defensive teams. They just find their way to get their head on the ball. It's a really impressive skill that they have. And they absolutely use it against Legion. They really fully utilized going up and just heading the ball, even against Fanwell Cavita and Alice Crinale. Um it was very it was very interesting to watch. This is something that Legion are going to have to be wary of. That said, their back line is absolutely susceptible to headed balls. It's not like they have a couple center backs that get into the box and they just cross the ball in on corners and they're scoring goals. It's their forwards that have those kind of bunnies that can get up there and head the ball in. Their center backs are still susceptible to it. And I think that's something that Legion are going to be wary of. This is still a back line that is, frankly, bad. I know that sounds incredibly rude, but they're just not a very good back line. They've given up 58 goals this year. Despite having an offense that when it clicks, it clicks. They still have a negative 30 goal difference. And it, it just makes the draw even more just puzzling. But the way this match goes, I think we're going to see how Legion try to attack this match. Because we've had this conversation of do we want to possess the ball or do we want to counterattack the ball. And Atlanta United 2 might try to force our hand with this. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. So I've talked about before how possession is not the stat that a lot of people think it is. Possession is generally a sign of an intention of play style, not really an, not really just a sign of domination, right? Some people see that, oh, this team just got, uh, they got out-possessed, I don't know, 60-40%. They absolutely got dominated. Teams like San Antonio FC, who, if you're not paying attention to the season they're having right now, they're the fastest team in USL history to 50 points. Um, teams like that, they live on counterattacking. They live on sitting back, just absorbing, 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 and going. Meanwhile, teams like Atlanta United 2, they win possession almost every single match. Almost. There's a couple of examples. Uh, examples of them not, but those are examples of them being dominated. 
And we'll talk about that in a second as well. But Atlanta United, too, they want to possess the ball. They've You've seen this across all their academies before. You've seen this to their senior squad. Obviously, there's a new coaching regime up top at Atlanta United senior uh They've had a lot of change in the front office. They've had a lot of changes around that club. But that's the one thing that really sticks around right now is just they want to possess the ball. They want to have that possession and, you know, go attack quick. Attack quick and possession can both exist in the same way. If your team does not see something that they like, and LA United does this a lot, and LA United 2 does this a lot, that if they see something they don't like, they will just pass the ball back to their center back or to their goalkeeper and just restart the attack. But it's, you know, absolute guns blazing. They're, it's not quite that dribble ball that we talk about with Legion. This is still a team that really tries to, you know, it's a fast buildup, but they want to hold on to ball the entire time because it's the old adage of if the other team doesn't have the ball, they can't score the ball. So... That's kind of what they want to do. And you've seen matches where they can't do that, and you can tell by the possession sheet that they got dominated. For example, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Atlanta United 2 went in there and only had 46% of the ball. When you have a team that likes to hold possession of the ball and they can't do that, that's a sign of domination. Another sign of that is Legion go out and obviously going up a man with, you know, 30 minutes to go. That does a lot. But Legion absolutely dominated possession against Loudon, despite at the very beginning playing quick counterattacking football. They were not exactly trying to possess the ball. They were just winning the ball back so easily that they had the ball more often than not. Whenever they were out of possession, they just won it back instantly thus leading to a higher possession stat. Anomalies like that can be a sign of domination, but typically it's just a, an intention of how they want to play. And if Legion really wanted to go full into this counterattacking system, which I believe is the secret to winning matches at this point, maybe not even a counterattacking, but a high-pressing system, one where they can press the ball like crazy, win the ball back, and then attack fast, which sounds like counterattacking, but sometimes people equate uh, possession versus non-possession to be counterattacking versus non-counterattacking. Not necessarily, but I feel like you guys kind of understand that. I feel like I've done a decent job of explaining that. It's going to be interesting to see what Legion do. We have seen in the past that at home, they tried to just hold on to the ball, slow the ball down, and dominate possession. But against the Atlanta United 2 team, maybe that's just not the right way to go. Atlanta United 2 is going to try to possess the ball. Make their back line make a mistake. We saw it with the with the Traeger goal itself um, that I mentioned before. Is that Legion were possessing the ball, possessing the ball, possessing the ball. And then... We were pressing the ball, we were pressing the ball, we were pressing the ball. And suddenly, we just didn't press the ball. Their center backs had a lot of time to pick out a pass. They find Traeger, who is wide open because the center backs for Legion, Fanwell, and Alex are expecting our forwards to press. They're caught in on a high line. High line meaning just playing farther up the pitch. 
uh, Traeger gets in behind, scores a goal. Why does that really matter? Because up until that point, Legion had been pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and forcing mistakes and forcing mistakes and forcing mistakes, and they were dominating. And then the moment that they switched off, they allowed Atlanta United to play their game. That's when they lost. I believe that just playing a super high press against this Atlanta United United 2 team is the way to win. But obviously, I'm not the coach. I don't know that for sure. But that's just my observation, what I've seen. We saw it with Tampa Bay Rowdies when I watched that match. They just, I mean, the Rowdies just took it to them. They... They played as fast as possible. They they held on to the ball. They didn't allow them to play their game. But whenever Elena did have the ball and they were trying to possess the ball, Tampa Bay just won it back instantly, very similar to what we saw against Loudon. If you look at the Lights match, uh, the match they just played most recently, Cal Jennings uh, equalizes in the 80th minute. Even though Elaine and I, dom- not dominated, but they held possession at 53%. It's just one of those things that the way Vegas likes to play is they want to absorb pressure and counterattack. They have, they have guys like Cal Jennings who can really spring the counterattack. And I think, I believe that Legion have a better team than Las Vegas Lights. Obviously, when we played last time, that didn't happen. But we're kind of having the same conversation now that we did back then about try, trying to possess the ball, trying to dribble the ball, not really breaking down the defense. If Atlanta United 2 come with a sagging back line, a back line that really wants to sack the box and just absorb pressure, Legion might be in trouble. But that's not really how two teams work. Atlanta or MLS two teams want to play exact replicas of their MLS team and not really switch off from that. Obviously, coaches want to win. All they, all of them, all the players want to win, but they want to try to just do exactly what the senior squad is doing, good or bad, because if they get called up, they need to be good at it. If they try to switch their style to try to play another team, then maybe they're not getting the growth that the club as a whole wants. So we're probably not going to see that. But if we do, maybe we're having a different conversation. But this is going to be an interesting, interesting match to watch. This is also another Atlanta United 2 team that gives up a ton of corners. They... They let you kind of get in behind. They make last-ditch efforts, last-ditch saves, and that's just what they do. They did it against Legion before, where Legion were getting chances. Their back line would just make some heroic stop to keep the game close. And it leads to a lot of corners. Maybe this is the time that a Juan Aguidolo, that an Eddie Horvat, at a uh, Alex Cronale, or a Fanwell Cavita get ahead of goal. As far as I know, and I'm and making sure my stat sheet is fully updated, we don't have a single goal from Alex this year, which is strange to consider how lethal he was and how dangerous he was in the box. I don't think that's anything wrong with Alex exactly. He was scoring pretty re- fairly reliably from there, at least getting his head on it. But with the amount of corners that uh, Atlanta United to give up, 
especially against this Las Vegas team where they want they allow Vegas to win 13 corners throughout the entire match. Maybe this is a time that Alex Cronale or Fanuel Cavita, a Juan Agudelo or Eddie Horvat, or even a Marlon Santos, he underrated has very good hops. <laughs> so you know that's uh maybe that's an option. Maybe that's something. Um, we'll see. I I hope this ends up being another Loudon match that's a little bit more lethal and not thir- three goals from 30 shots. I know you're thinking, well, there were six goals. Well, six of them for, were from penalty shots. So, really, it was three goals from 30 shots. We'll see. I don't know. I, I still believe that this is going to be a Legion win. So far in our history of playing them, we have never lost to Atlanta United 2. I don't see that changing. I know the boys want to get revenge, something awful in this match, so I will be very interested to see how that goes. But, yeah, guys like uh, Tristan Traeger are going to be the ones that he's going to be the guy that you really need to keep your eye on. He's he's a legit talent that him and Conway are two guys that I think that come the end of the season, you're going to be hearing a lot of teams in on both in the USL and MLS. I think they're that good. There's also a guy named Robbie Mertz who is just really effective at moving the ball. That's Their, their claim to fame is going to be in the offense. Their three-headed monster up top plus Robbie Mertz playing balls is just going to – they are just a real deal force to be reckoned with. But I also believe that Legion have the kind of team that can shut them down. Let's see it out of them, and let's see what happens. I think that's going to be a 3-1 win for the three Sparks. That's probably a little bullish, but that's what I'm going to go with. That's what, that's what I'm rolling with. I believe that Legion can score three goals against this really bad Atlanta United 2 team defense, but I also think that Atlanta United 2 are going to get their goal. And that's okay. Obviously, we would love another donut. We would love another shutout, but... That's just kind of what I think. So let me know what y'all think about that. And and so before we end, I have a couple of little housekeeping things that I just want to address. All right, so let's go ahead and just kind of talk for a second. Obviously, as you guys know, because uh, I haven't stopped talking about it because I'm kind of in love with it, I do have the mobile studio now. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I've recently bought a brand-new camera. So I'm going to be able to start doing more filming, which is really, really cool. I haven't quite gotten the okay to start doing the in-truck interviews, but it's something that has been talked about. So don't get your hopes up, but it's something interesting. And at the very least, I want to utilize this recording space to do some pretty interesting content. And that might be going to the YouTube channel as well. Um, Next, after that... Um, I've recently started a Patreon. I've had a lot of people say that they would be happy to be patrons, and I had three people already sign up to do that. Um, you know, Clay, Sandy, and Harry. Um, look, the moment I got those notifications, I, I guess I've just been emotional lately. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe it's just the fact that 
me and my fiance have been long distance for over a year now. I don't know. I don't know why I'm just suddenly such an emotional person, but I was very emotional when I got those notifications that they became patrons. So if you want to support me, there you're going to get the $5 uh, one uh, gets you access to all of the stuff that I film. So when it comes back to uh, the new camera, I'm going to be filming both the saves and the goals at Legion Matches. So you would have access to that content. So that's pretty cool. And you would be able to download that. So you'd be able to catch all of the post-match interviews and download those if you so wished. And the $3 would also get you access to live streams, uh, exclusive live streams. Um, it would really just be kind of talking about what I thought was going on, maybe just kind of conversations about my life, maybe some more personal content, if you will. So that would just be some interesting stuff. The last thing is that I'm starting to field some offers um, from some media networks right now to join their platform to possibly join some local media things. And for me to be fielding these offers, that means the support from you guys has been amazing. Um, I really can't thank you guys enough. There's no concrete off. There's no concrete moves yet. I want to do what's best for the listener and what's best for the people who are really into what I'm doing on the articles as well. So if I just absolutely slammed my desk. I'm sorry if that was loud. <laughs> um, oh, I totally lost my place. Oh, I don't want to do anything that would hurt the listening experience. I don't want to do anything that would hurt the reading experience. I want to do what's best for this community, even though it might put a few extra dollars in my pocket now. I don't want to jeopardize what I've been working so hard with with you guys. So if I were to make a move and join a network and you know kind of push my content, you would still get the same podcast. You would still get the same articles all in the same place. The only thing that would change is that maybe, maybe there would be an advertisement somewhere. And I would say this is, if, you remember, if you've been here from the beginning, you remember I used to be partnered with Birmingham Sports. It'd be, hello, this is Hammering Down, presented by blank uh, media company. That's probably all it would be. Just let me know what you guys think about that, because I want to put you guys first. I want to make sure that your experience is as great as possible. But listen, again, thank you all for the support. I'm really excited to show you guys what's in the works. I'm really excited to bring new content to this channel, bring new content to the YouTube channel. The, I still need to figure out what I'm going to do with the YouTube channel, especially now that Alabama foot, I'm not a part of Alabama football. I think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed when they realize I'm not uploading Alabama game day vlogs anymore. Um and then figure out what I'm going to do with the articles because I want to revamp the website a little bit. I feel like there's a lot of uh, wasted space or a lot of stuff I could utilize better. So we'll figure that out. But again, thank you all so much. Thank you for listening. Can't wait for for me tomorrow, depending on when you are listening, uh, maybe tonight. 
the match itself going into Protective Stadium. Let's get all three points for the three sparks and, you know, hammer down. Let's keep doing the dang thing. Let's get a home playoff game. And until next time, guys, keep hammering on.